You're listening to Grindhouse Courthouse. We put movies on trial to determine whether or not a film has committed too many movie misdemeanors to be considered viewable. Please rise for the Honorable Judge this episode. Welcome. Grindhouse Courthouse is back at it and the court is now in session. Hello, I'm Adam, and I'm your all-powerful and all-ruling judge for this week's episode. Here to assist me in determining if this week's movie should be sentenced to the underbelly of New York City and to never see the light of the sun again, we have Tom and a special guest, Scott. Please say hello. Pew, pew. Hey, hey, everybody. How's it going? Thank you for that. So, under trial this week is the 1984 horror sci-fi film, Chud which stands for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Taking place in New York City, there's a police officer who joins forces with a homeless shelter manager to investigate a series of disappearance. They soon discover that the missing people are taken by a humanoid monster living beneath the city. Directed by Douglas Cheek, who took a 19-year hiatus from directing movies after this, which he actually followed up with a Christian TV movie documentary. So just a fun fact for you on that one. Oh, Chud- like Veggie Tales? Yeah, pretty much. Chud stars John Hurd, the father from Home Alone 1 and 2, Daniel Stern, one of the sticky bandits from Home Alone 1 and 2, and Christopher (laughs) Curry, the FBI agent in Home Alone 3. I'm starting to find that our podcast has a theme, and it's appearing that we're going to be very Home Alone-centric, so we'll continue (laughs) on. With a budget of $1.25 million, Chud closed the box office with $4.7 million and was considered an epic flop. This may have been due to when it was released, and it was competing against movies like Nightmare on Elm Street, The Terminator, Red Dawn, and Gremlins. According to Rotten Tomatoes, the film sits at 29%, while IMDb is indifferent at 5.6 out of 10. What? They're not that high, are they? Yeah. yeah. And how Those is the- how is quadrupling your budget a failure? I don't get it. It just wasn't enough for oh Hollywood. My God. How did you get 5.6? I'm already upset by this. So I'm going to continue this introduction. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we have Dylan defending Chud, convincing us that this is just a regular night in New York City. Serving as the prosecutor, we have Dave, who will convince us that this was the worst prequel to Home Alone and poorly executes the world building for the series. We begin with opening statements from the defense. Dylan, take it away. Okay. In this prequel to Home Alone, John Hurd, a.k.a. Peter McAllister, a.k.a. Kevin's dad, teams up with Daniel Stern, a.k.a. Marv, to battle the forces of subterranean evil. Long before Peter McAllister gave up on his dreams of a career in photography before moving to the suburban hell of Chicago, he lived the life with his model girlfriend in New York City. Before Marv turned to a life of crime and constant belittlement at the hands of Joe Pesci, a.k.a. Harry, he was a compassionate and caring soul for the homeless of New York. This is a story of how two lives can come together for a moment of heroism before drifting so far apart that one man tries to rob the other and murder his child in a home-defending situation. So if you're a fan of Home Alone, Chud is a (laughs) (laughs) must-see. And you can barely get that out. All right. Uh, We're going to hear the opening statement from the prosecutor. Dave, take it away. I'm still so upset. <laughs> Chud, I think, is perfectly described by its actual name, Chud. <laughs> gross, physically unappealing movie. That perfectly sums up this movie. And the only connection, this doesn't even have a connection to Home Alone, so we should just completely get away from there right now. The only connection is the, star, uh, is the two actors, three actors throughout the series. This movie follows the photographer and a reverend who operates a soup kitchen and a police captain. They are brought together to figure out the disappearing people, or what's happening to the disappearance of all the people in New York right now. And it's just, I don't even know how to describe this. This movie is just awful. They try. I gotta restart that. I already think this one. No, we're gonna take it at that, Dave. (laughs) That is is your opening statement, reinstating the introduction that I just gave, but saying it's awful. Yeah, well, 
if you want, yeah, you can go again. Yeah. Oh no, I'm just I won't get away from home alone, Dylan. <laughs> it's a sequel or a prequel. Okay. Chud is a standalone standalone movie <laughs> that is about three guys that come together to figure out how or what's happening to all these people in New York. They are slowly being taken away by Chuds, which are underground dwellers. And they eat humans, we think. And they go on to destroy them. Or maybe not. We're not sure. They don't actually cover that. That's the basics of the movie. It's very, very straightforward. That's all it is. And this name, Chud, the definition of it is a gross, physically unappealing person. And that sums up this movie. It is unappealing. It's completely unappealing. All right. Sorry, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, Dave. I thought you were done. Uh, you paused. <laughs> Your honor and esteemed jury, this movie breaks one of the, the most basic codes of any entertainment. This movie is just boring. That's why it's the best. Thank you for that, Dave. We are going to go to Dylan with his first statement or first case. Dylan, would you like to present? Yeah, sure. Okay, so... So the whole story begins when Peter McAllister, a.k.a. George Cooper, uh, this is the name he went by about 15 years before the events that took place in Chicago. Um, So George Cooper, we'll just call him Peter McAllister because that's what we know him best by. He gets a call from the cops that a homeless woman is in jail. We don't know why he would care that a homeless woman is in jail, but this man just jumps into action. So we get a little background. We learn that he's a photographer. He's in New York. He's living the high life. He's got a gorgeous model wife. Like everything's turning up roses for Peter McAllister. But he gets this phone call. So we meet the woman. She kind of tells him what happened. She tried to steal the a cop's gun. And he's like, well, why'd you try to do that? She says, because my friend, uh, he uh, he needed it to defend himself. And we don't really get much info about, like, why he needs this gun. But the important part is that he has a connection to the homeless population of New York, especially this woman who particularly lives underground in the sewers of New York like Ninja Turtle. So, (laughs) we meet him. Next, we meet Marv, a.k.a. the Reverend, a.k.a. Jay. Um, So he is, like, a kind of philanthropist soup kitchen guy he like runs a soup kitchen or something for all the homeless people in new york and in particular he serves the people who live underground and so he is the one who sets up the whole problem that is going on in this movie it turns out all these homeless people who live underground underground new york city are all getting uh abducted or something because they're disappearing and marv yeah like a whole bunch of them and Marv is like, all these people are wow. disappearing. And he goes and he tries to, to contact the cops. He meets this one cop who is particularly interested in this case. And we learn, out, we learn why he's so interested in this case later. But he meets, he meets a police captain. And his name is Bosch. So Captain Bosch, who takes up the case and starts trying to figure out where are all these homeless people going. What is going on and exactly why we're not, you know, finding any of these people and why all these disappearances are occurring. That's the first scene. That was the first scene. And that first scene took up, what, a fourth of the movie? Yeah, well, I mean, you got to set this stuff up. It's a complicated story. There's chuds everywhere. This movie is not complicated, guys. Creatures are kidnapping people and that's it. And they do it very very slowly like super slowly okay thank you for presenting your case dylan i i do have a a quick question i know there's like a housing crisis in new york city and uh, it is very difficult to find homes and anywhere to be located why are people living underground in the sewers why are people living on the streets adam come on i'm wouldn't that shouldn't there be a shelter of some kind? Why are they actually living in the sewers themselves? I feel there's other other locations that they could be in. 
I feel like this is a trap, and you're trying to make me say something that's like super not PC right now. So, <laughs> um, I'm gonna say that society put him there. Black Lives Matter. Hashtag. Your Honor, <laughs> why does anyone live anywhere for any reason? <laughs> I'm just okay. I'm I'm confused because we're we're gonna focus on these uh homeless people that are part of this homeless shelter and the fact um, that they're all living within the sewers the most like grotesque place ever why like are the shelters on. overrun can i get a better image of what's happening in new york right now like why are these circumstances occurring it's the 80s man like shit was okay. fucked in the 80s there we go yes okay thank you that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for a bit more information or context towards a situation we need a, a bit more world building we don't know the situation at this point though all we know is people are disappearing and they're all homeless people that live underground and they're disappearing further into underground okay that's it that's okay. all we know okay like, there's, there's... if if i may yeah. your honor this is not the first portrayal of societies within sewers in popular media set in different american cities including television shows such as bones taking place in washington dc and Futurama, which has an entire developed underground world. Your Honor, I would also like to draw your attention to uh, a great piece of media known as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which also takes place in New York in the 80s. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you yourself are a fan of said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, I'm in fact... Your your Honor, Your Honor, did they not get a pizza delivered to the sewer? All right, so there's going to be some order in this court. (laughs) We're not going to just attack the judge for a question. I'm just trying to set this up to understand the movie just just a bit more. As as an innocent bystander jury member, it just it seems like you're demonstrating your privilege, Your Honor, and that you could take uh, the opinions Mm. of somebody in a lesser standing than yourself. And moving on, Dave. Would you like to rebuttal this? My, my first question is, what, what what were you defending there? You just kind of described how how slow and boring the movie was so far. Well, I set I set it up. I set it up. I know I exposed myself to some some criticism, okay. but it's essential to understand the rest of the plot. Okay. Yeah. So okay. maybe okay. so okay. maybe I didn't have a particular argument about why that scene was good, but it's essential. It's the building block. Like, you can't have Harry Potter without him living with the Dursleys. Like, you gotta have this building block component. Yeah, there's not a lot of meat there, but we're getting to it. There's not a lot of meat there, yet that took up a quarter of the film. I need to see then some timestamps or something. I'm not just gonna take your word for it. Okay, let's let's jump to an actual... To a, I think probably one of the best scenes in the entire film. I'll, I'll say that right now for it. Wait, wait, wait. So do we, do we, don't we need a recess at this point? Do we want to hear from them? Well, not mine. I have several <laughs> questions. <laughs> all right, all right. I was, I, I, I was waiting for Dave's rebuttal to finish, and then I was going to jump into a recess with these questions. So He wasn't going to rebuttal. He was going to the next scene. He, no, well, yeah, that's what he got. Well, we just kind of talked about the scene. We just described the scene. My rebuttal is, it, that was the core of the movie. Nothing really happened. The characters you barely get introduced. You just know what they do. You just know the photographer. George Cooper is what his actual name is right now. Peter McAllister. Uh, <laughs> he's just a grumpy person, kind of. And oh. then, yeah. Okay, okay, yes. Yeah. So we will move towards a recess. Uh, it sounds like the jury would like to ask some questions, so feel free. Tom, would you like to start with the first question? Dylan, it sounds like with a lot of these characters, we know uh, their names and their jobs. Is that enough to be considered a character in a feature-length movie? Absolutely not. We learn a lot about these people um, as we go on. Peter McAllister's wife becomes pregnant. We learn that... Oh, and that's Buzz, by the way, who's who's the baby. Um, So we learn that she becomes (laughs) pregnant with Buzz. And we learn why he's so angry at Kevin and the rest of the family. It's because he's got a different mom. It's it's not Catherine O'Hare. It's this blonde lady. Um, so we learn a little bit about Buzz in this movie. Kind of, it's kind of like the prequel, the backstory. He's not even born yet. Why does that matter? 
Because we need to know why he likes fatties, and we need to know why he has such a hatred uh, for Kevin. Why he Your collect- Honor, can we please bring it back to this movie and not stipulation about a different movie? Okay, no, I okay. Think I'll doing move a on. Good I'll move on. I'm actually move on. building these characters. Okay, so Mar, so Marv, aka the Reverend Marv, Marv, AJ. Uh, he, we get to know how, why he is in such a desperate situation. He was a really, he lived his life to give to the less fortunate. So we get a little backdrop why he would hook up with someone like Harry and totally become like a member of the Wet Bandits and start targeting the rich, especially his friend, Peter McAllister, who they they'd murdered all these chuds together and who just left him, left him in the past, moved to this giant palatial mansion, whereas Harry, who put his life on the line for all of this, is just left in the lurch. So we get a bit of backstory for Harry, too. Why is Harry a criminal? How did he come to this situation where he's obsessed with making a name for himself? So, like, you can't even watch Home Alone without watching Chud. That's my point. <laughs> that, is so a, in, that is a bold in, statement. <laughs> in this movie, we just learned that AJ likes to help the underground people. That's all we learn about him. We so, don't... That's all we know about him. Sorry, just to clarify, you're talking about the homeless population rather than the chuds themselves, correct? Yes, the homeless people that live underground. That's all AJ really helps. He runs a really shitty soup kitchen. It is a pretty shitty soup kitchen. I wouldn't eat soup there, (laughs) even if I was homeless. (laughs) All right, Tom, did that uh, answer your question? Would you like to do a a follow-up, or are you okay? I do have a follow-up question. Is it possible that this movie is so terrible that the only way you can defend it is to tie it to a better movie, <laughs> that the only bridge between the two is that a bunch of actors are also in that film? Your Honor, I feel like we have a hostile jury member <laughs> in right now, and um, I don't appreciate his questions and his insinuations. So I'm going to allow it just because I was attacked earlier. I feel this is going to be a hostile (laughs) court session. Uh, So you know what? We're going to move on to our our, uh, other jury members. Uh, Scott, do you have any questions for Dylan? I do. Um, From your description of this scene that sounds like many scenes, it seems like a lot of the action rises from their attempt to take a weapon from a police officer. At any point, are they seen asking for help from said police officer, or are we just strictly jumping straight to stealing weapons from cops? You don't see anything. No. Yes, you do. Okay. What so do you, you got to understand. Blue lives matter. Um, second point. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan's on everyone's side today. <laughs> Uh, so there are multiple cops so captain captain bosch is the one good cop because he always got one good cop who's fighting against the shitty system so captain bosch is the one good cop who's kind of like struggling with his department who's not interested in homeless people so he's a good cop the cop that the they, by the way, they call this woman a bag lady constantly, which is just fucking 80s classic. Like, this fucking bag lady trying to steal this cop's gun. Um, so, so the bag lady, I'm going to use their term. The bag lady tried to steal this random, like, beat cop's gun. So, whatever. But there is a good cop, Captain Bosch. But then we meet a whole bunch of other shitty cops, too. Uh, okay. But Captain Bosch is here. Actually- most of the cops are actually pretty legitly just decent cops. I don't think I, I don't think I've ever seen a really bad cop. Oh, and like, most importantly, that... guess who shows up as a cop in his? No, don't, don't, don't ruin that yet. That's really okay, wrong. okay. <laughs> that was actually the biggest surprise of this film. I that was okay. great. I know. Oh man, you guys got a golden uh, little nugget coming up in the next scene. Uh, so I Captain Bosch von Ronsenberg of Dalmaska is important, but not as important as this mystery cop. Uh, no, 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 we, Bosch. We Bosch don't is even like see this whole situation. Peter All McAllister, is... Marv, Bosch. That's how the ranking of most important characters go. Is this Bosch character the um, 
the inspiration for the novel and television series that is a police procedural about a cop named Bosch? Of course. Okay. At, Just like this movie inspired Home Alone. That out of the way, I would like to ask, this lady needs help, and she calls a photographer, not a journalist, a photographer. Where did he? Where did she get is his he number? An investigative no, no. photographer. Yeah. No. Does he have the proper credentials? It is really, really hard to figure out. He makes a statement where he says he doesn't want to do anything with the with the cops to that other reporter. He's like, I don't want to be part of any of this stuff. So you know, there's no connection to that. He's just taking pictures. Right. So he's like a fashion photographer. It took a long time for them to kind of suss out like how the fuck he knows the people in the sewers and stuff. But it turns out he like had some kind of like what do they call it like a dossier or profile or something where he went down and photographed the homeless for like this art project he was doing. That's how oh, he I've has seen that. That's in Zoolander. It's it's Derelict. Yeah. Yes. That's right. That's exactly. how it, it. Of course. Okay. Yeah. So it's so hot right now. So it it was that. And so this woman who was incarcerated knew this. She knew the photographer. Okay. AKA okay. Peter McAllister. So there is some George Cooper. There is some connection between the woman and the photographer. She trusts him because he seems like a decent human being, but she does not trust the cops. Maybe due to a yeah. previous incident. Let's just leave. I it honestly at thought him. it was George Cooper's mom the first time. Who the fuck is George Cooper? Yeah, it, who who is this character? You can't just <laughs> the photographer. It? What's That's his name? His actual name. Let's call him by his actual name. George Peter McAllister. Cooper. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was his mom the first time. He we went down to the police station. And then they started going in the tunnels. I'm like, oh, this is not his mom. This is very confusing. Okay. Why did you think it very, was his mom? Very confusing. We, we, will, we will leave it at that. Thank you for the questions. Dave, would you like to go into your first case? Okay, so my scene jumps a little bit ahead. And Captain Bosch gets the report in his office from AJ that AJ reported that missing people. And Bosch is interested because his wife is missing. So he takes the report himself and goes down to see AJ, mainly because five years ago he arrested him. And he's like, oh, I know that name. And like, there's that weird, they're trying to like bridge that connection between the two characters very loosely. So Captain Bosch goes on down meets AJ, they kind of explore underneath his soup kitchen, which is like right into the underground. They find some stuff. And Captain Bosch is like, all right, we can take this upstairs. So Captain Bosch takes the soup kitchen, AJ, the reference, down to city, like city hall. And he confronts, I'm guessing the police, uh, the chief inspector? Like, I don't know who that was. I just know it was one government official I'm pretty sure it's the mayor and some other dude. And they sit down in this room. And Marv's there. He's just chilling. And they start to confront these three guys about all their findings underneath the city. And the government official is being very, like, he's trying to, like, pass it off as nothing's happening. Like, underneath it's good. There's nothing there. And all that kind of stuff. And then Marv is freaking out because he has a couple of pictures that he stole. And shows them to the people. Throws them on the table. Like, we have proof that people are like, getting bitten and, sh- and whatnot down there. And so like the mayor's like, ooh, maybe there is something there. And the government official shuts it down. And he asks Marv to leave. And when Marv is about to leave, he picks up the suitcase of the government official. And like does a hilariously sideways toss. And the briefcase like pops open and stuff falls over. And Marv just leaves. So Marv was brought into the situation just to throw the briefcase. And I don't know why a police captain would bring in him with him to this meeting. It's the same, it is really weird. So I was questioning it the whole time. Anyway, so the briefcase opens up and Bosch walks over, picks it up, and starts seeing classified documents of Chud. This is the first time we hear about Chud. And we're like, oh my gosh, shit's getting real finally. <laughs> and so the mayor's looking at it. And then the government official finally catches on that his secrets are being exposed. And so he grabs him back and says, this is classified. You guys can't know what this is. I need to go higher up if I can tell you guys. Instantly after, instantly, he gets a phone call, I believe, <laughs> that they found the chud, that, that his guys found chud, that the chud's under the ground, and they brought one up top. 
right after he gets that call, he turns around and explains exactly what Chud is to these guys without going up and gaining clearance. It's just like, all right, now I can tell you just because. Completely random. And yeah, so now we, the big mystery of Chud that came up, and then two seconds later, it was solved. What it was. There was no mystery. There's no buildup. I was like expecting like some type of mystery buildup, but no, nothing. Nothing at all. Just poof, done. We know what Chud did. The scene doesn't end. <laughs> it's the government official. So he was on the phone. Can we name this government official? Let's just call him like Scrooge I, McDuck or something. <laughs> like give him yeah, a name. I, I actually don't know his name. What What is his name? I don't know. Just call, um, I called him Scrooge the whole time. JC Quinn, I think it is. We'll call him Quinn. Okay. Anyways, he tells his security to follow Marv out of the building, make sure he doesn't distribute those pictures or call the press and so after the office scene we, we we're down on the street now with marv the security guy and marv is going to make a phone call on a payphone. so marv puts the quarter in picks up the phone and he looks over and the security guard walks up there is no no dialogue in the scene at all the security walks up pushes the lever down to pop out the quarter takes the quarter looks marv directly in the eyes eats the quarter. Marv looks at him. They, they just they look at each other. Marv is like, what? Hangs the phone up and leaves. That's how he stops him from contacting the press. He, puts the, he just eats the quarter and stares him down. I, so, what are you against what? about this scene that you just described, Dave? Why is that in the movie? What, what is going on with this movie? Yes, I have the jury. Uh, they would like to ask you a quick question. Scott, take it away. I'm just having a hard time following your argument and how it doesn't support <laughs> Dylan's theory that this is a prequel to Home Alone when you stop referring to characters by their character name and immediately call them Marv for the next five minutes of your argument. I will actually discuss this because in the movie, these characters' names don't fucking matter. That's how bad this movie is. It doesn't, it doesn't pull you in. So I need to go back to a different movie and get that character's name to actually know who I'm talking about. That's how bad this movie is. Is that because okay. you're starting to believe that they're the same characters? No. I want them to be, but they're not. Marvin Chud, he's he's super nice. He just wants to help everyone. Cole Maloney, he's, he's pulling out guns? He's robbing people? Nah, there's no connection there. They don't okay, have a so... gun in Home Alone. When's the last time you watched Home Alone? <laughs> yeah, that's. I think it's Home Alone too. Actually, they're in the when they're in New York in the yeah. garden. They have a gun. I guess they're. No, there's a lady with a bunch of pigeons. That's. Uh, <laughs> that too. Yeah, are you thinking of pigeons? <laughs> but he did. Yeah, yeah Joe Pesci did have a gun. He tries to pull it, but it's covered in like oil or something. Um, that's beside the point. So just to clarify, Dave's statement. He did not like how Chud was revealed or exposed and how the characters did not move forward. I'm do you mind just summing up quickly? This like this is like the halfway point, I think. The whole movie you're like, oh, what's taking them? Oh, what's like kind of like something. And then it's like, oh, you learn it's Chuds. What's Chuds? Oh, here it is. Instantly after. After they kind of like tease you, like, oh no, we can't tell you it's classified. Instantly tell you right after. Like Okay, so you you felt that it was just stolen away from you that the anticipation, the the build up that you were experiencing throughout this first half of the movie was just completely denied in. Um, yeah, the small little tiny little molehill of suspension. Yeah. Okay. I was hoping a little bit. Thank you, Dylan. Do you have uh, a rebuttal that you would like to throw at Dave's face right now? Oh my God, Your Honor! Everything he just said was wrong. Um, <laughs> other than the basic description of the scene. So let's just start with Chud, the name of the movie, and how it was instantly revealed in this scene. It wasn't instantly revealed because Chud is not cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. Am I right, Mr. Mr. Prosecutor? They, that is what they're officially called, yes. But you are right. No, they're not. They're not officially called that, actually, which we learn later. Oh. That. What are they called, Dylan? Yeah, do you mind clarifying just because... Oh, he has to look it up because he doesn't even know. Contamination <laughs> Hazard Urban Disposal is what CHUD actually stands for. 
He just made that shit up to tell this homeless, crazy homeless guy what was going on. So That was their... Uh, you went backwards. That's the cover-up. No, that's the truth that they revealed later. I mean, the guy died to defend that secret, so I would assume that was the truth. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves, so let's yeah, stick okay. with the scene. Yeah. So first off, Please the CHUD acronym that they explain in this scene, bullshit. It has nothing to do with it, which makes total sense because they didn't know that there were cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers until about five seconds before a phone call came in, even though they had like all these printed documents. So obviously that was a lie. The astute viewer would pick that up. Okay. So second <laughs> off, in this scene, we also learned that the government official, who we're just going to call Scrooge, because I don't know his name either. They don't talk about him much. He's the main villain. He is the main villain. But you don't know his name either. I don't know his name. Yeah, that's how bad <laughs> They don't, yeah, they just, you can't get attached to these characters. Like, there's nothing to bring you in. I get, I get the gist. I get the gist of it. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, so the whole, so the whole scene that, that Dave described is also fucking great. But so, so Marv threat, so they find a bunch of like, um, uh, Geiger counters down in the sewers. That's what they bring up to this meeting. And they're like, Hey. We found these Geiger counters. Clearly, you're down in the sewers and you're trying to figure out like what these monsters are. And and we got pictures. We got pictures of the chuds. And we're going to expose you. We're going to take all these pictures of the chuds to the newspaper. And so the scene that Dave was describing is actually hilarious. Because, Hold on. They didn't actually have pictures of the chud. Yeah, the so way. they got shit. There's two of you ever see that one too. No, they had pictures of the guy with his like leg bitten off. Sure, yeah, they, they didn't even have the chud. They had some dude who got yeah. fucked up in the sewers. <laughs> <laughs> and the government official, aka Scrooge, takes all of Marv's pictures, just like looks at him and like rips the pictures in half. And so in retaliation, Marv picks up his briefcase and chucks it across the room. And that's when we learn about the chud. <laughs> the the documents spill everywhere and it says chud. Um, and that's how we learn about that because of the stupid <laughs> retaliation between Marv and the, the fucking government official. But that was a hilarious scene. Um, and yes, a man did eat a quarter and it was the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in movie <laughs> cinema. We'll definitely, we'll definitely watch that scene after we're done with this commentary. Um, and you Dave is a hundred percent right that eating that quarter one hundred percent stopped Marv from reporting all of this shit to the newspaper because he had one quarter. He had one quarter to report this whole underground monstrous murderous cult, and that fucker ate it, and he can't do anything after that. So that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> all right, thank you for that rebuttal, Dylan. Uh, we'll take it over to the jury. Do you guys have any questions? Uh, Scott, we can start with you this time. I mean, I'm just kind of curious what's happening to the photographer at this point. So I'm, I'm waiting to learn a little more about oh, yeah. this movie. We don't, yeah. <laughs> it, it just leaves main characters in limbo for like 15, 20 minutes. And it comes back to like them at the same spot. So like it's, it's weirdly edited that way. Like they want to show what everything's going on around everywhere. And then you just kind of forget about people. And then you go, oh, yeah, that's right. He was there. Yeah. He's okay. The background. I am beholden to the scene that Dave chose. But there was a whole other scene that he could have chose, which was following the photographer. So the photographer goes down into the sewers with the bag. I chose lady. it for no reason. Let's not do it. So the photographer go down, goes down into the sewers with the bag lady, and he finds this dude who is fucked up. Like, he's gotten his leg gnawed off. Like, he. And he's like, I need a gun. And that's why the lady tried to steal a gun from a cop. So, because the chuds are attacking him. Question for you. Um, this, yeah. this is way back, though. This scene, that's where he gets the pictures. And then Marv steals those pictures. Yeah, I know, I'm, get, I'm getting back. to it. Just right. Anyway, Scott's question. So, question. So, you have a picture and you've seen a man with his leg gnawed off in a sewer. And yeah. it, it could have been done by rats. Is the only reference to cannibalism the person who makes up the acronym for chud do we yeah. know there's cannibals outside of that well nope we just know that people get taken yeah 
But you don't no, know they're that's being, something else you I don't know out. they're being eaten. This movie, you only see people be slowly taken. You don't actually see anyone killed. You see two deaths at the very end. Like other than that, you don't see anyone die on screen, which is really. It sounds like it could work, but in this movie, it does not. I was just going to say, did they do this on purpose to, like, maybe they want to keep it hidden so it's part of your imagination, mm. so it builds it up a bit more? Well, it, it's ruined when when you slowly see the hand, like, and grab someone and slowly pull them into, I guess. Sorry, Dave, animal. do you want to actually describe that action? We're on a podcast, remember? They cannot <laughs> see you. <laughs> That don't don't worry, folks. It was fucking dumb looking anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it, it literally looks like a rubber, like a really, like the fingers look flat. It looks like a rubber, a floppy rubber hand slowly coming up and grabbing someone. Okay, thank it you. Was... I think that answers Scott's question, maybe. Tom, <laughs> would you like to ask a question? So the only thing that you guys really disagreed on uh, to this point is uh, whether or not Home Alone is important to the enjoyment <laughs> of this film and what Chud actually stands for. Now, I'm going to leave Home Alone aside because I think I have the answer to that one. But definitively, can you tell me what Chud stands for? Yes. It stands okay, for Contamination <laughs> Contamination hazard urban disposal. That's what it stands for. Okay, that's actually slightly confusing because when looking into cannibalistic this... humanoid underground dwellers. Yes. Where does that fit? That's in? the yes. lie. That's, that's the lie. Just for the trailer. But it's... the end result is that hobos in the subway get eaten. Yeah. Regardless so some... of what we called them. So the... Chud is more the truth than the other thing, right? We'll They're both get to it. True, we'll get to it, smartass. We'll get to it. <laughs> But whoa, 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 your honor, you can assault the jury. <laughs> Why we assaulted the judge? I felt like it was like carte blanche <laughs> at this point. Joking. I am trying to put order in this court to be a bit more structured. Okay, your honor, so... I'm gonna fucking flip out here. Okay, so okay. the point is, is that there is a real acronym chud that means contamination hazard disposal or urban disposal chud was just the perfect other fake acronym that's actually extremely descriptive of what's actually going on in the movie that some dude either some dude on the phone or scrooge mcduck who the, the government official just made up literally on the spot to explain this random document that just said chud right across it. No, when they flip the page over, I'm pretty sure it says that exactly in those documents. I mean, this is deep level gaslighting right now in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think we're actually going to have to review that clip after this episode to actually determine if... Well, we should I watch know, that. I know for a fact scene, all of you are watching this movie to figure out what's actually going on because... <laughs> okay, and there's, there's another thing too. Um... Neither of you have really mentioned the main villain outside of like the the, Scrooge. the Chuds down below. Scrooge. It is Scrooge it's, government it's official government Scrooge. Man. Yes. And he's so critical. All we know is that he can't keep control of his briefcase, tears up photos, and makes then I'm evidence. assuming makes his minion makes his minions eat Marv's quarter. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're, he, he gets way worse, though. He gets way worse. And I, so there is, oh, yeah, there is more coming is. for this character. Oh, okay, not, yeah. like, not much. Not oh, much. Don't what? get your hopes up. Don't, he goes not, from don't making guy eat quarter to murder. <laughs> okay, okay. To so full on we, police murder. We are learning there is some motive behind this villain. We will learn about it. I'm assuming in one of these next cases. Uh, let's move forward. Not the next one. Oh, God. Let's. Let's. <sighs> Thanks, Dave. Let's still move forward. Dave, would you like to present your next case of why this movie is not good? I'm going to put an emphasis on that. The case to explain why this movie is not good. Adam, here's the thing. Just describing the scenes shows how bad the movie is. Okay, take it away. No, okay. Um, <laughs> the next scene, we're going to jump forward. We're actually going to visit George Cooper's girlfriend. Ew. Wait, wife? Uh, Sorry, can you clarify? Girlfriend. They're, George they're not married. Yeah, they're not George married. Cooper's the goddamn photographer. Peter McAllister? Wait, they're living in sin? Is she pregnant yet? Yeah, she's uh, pregnant. Yes, they know that she's pregnant now. And so she's alone 
in their apartment. Wait, hold on. Buzz is a bastard child? Yes, and it explains everything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she's in her apartment, and she is in the basement getting stuff, because they just moved in, so her boxes are down there, and she's trying to find, like, a makeup case. I can't remember. Anyway, she's down there searching for something, and she hears a weird scratching noise from their cellar door that goes into the underground. Every house in York has a passage into the underground, apparently. Uh, she opens it up, and in the process, she drops her book down, or her makeup case, I don't know. So she's like, oh shit, I have to go down there. And you're like, oh my god, she's getting a trap. No, she goes down there, she gets spooked, because she slowly turns around, and there's a dead dog hanging down there. Which is terrifying. Everyone screams. Okay. And then she... Did you scream when it happened? Yeah. Uh, Yes, I did. Because I am so sad about the dog. Okay, what you're defining is a classic fake-out. Continue. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah. She goes back up, closes the thing, goes upstairs, calls the police, like, oh, no, pretty good, yeah. And then she's, like, not really freaking out. Pretty normal. It's like, I need to have a shower. Classic horror film shower scene. She goes in the shower, everything's fine. The water starts to come up in the bottom of the shower. She's like, oh, that's kind of weird. So she grabs a coat hanger, opens it up, and starts going at the drain. And all of a sudden, I, I don't know why, but a ex- high-pressure st- stream of blood comes flying out of the drain and coats the entire shower in blood. Cutscene. And then we go into the hallway downstairs where the cops finally showed up. These two cops walk into her building. Yeah, just you know, walking, chilling. They get to, they get to this corner where it it banks to the right and goes upstairs. So you can see the stairs kind of in the background, and they're slowly coming up to the stairs, and then they get past the corner just enough for two very slow, very green hands come out from the corner. So you just see the two hands come out, very like very slow, kind of slowly grab them. And then slowly pull the two cops to the right. That's all you see, and then they're gone. Back upstairs, she's out of her shower finally, and she is not phased at fucking all about this blood. She's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Got some blood on me. Wiped it off, and she's just chilling in her apartment, not worried, not anything. Well, it was it was the weirdest like little shift from her. And then finally, the chud makes it upstairs. Finally. He breaks into her apartment, and she actually does a pretty good job, like dodging it, trying to barricade stuff. And she throws a type of acid from her husband or her boyfriend's photography stuff <laughs> into the Chud's eye, and Chud <laughs> freaks out. And then she runs into the main room, grabs this antique sword. The Chud stumbles into the living room. Tom, and don't look reason, so in disbelief. You have swords in your house right now. <laughs> I don't have them on display. I don't have vials of acid just ready to go to, like, blind intruders. Maybe I should hold on, hold thinking on. about it. So the child comes in the room, and I, I'm assuming the acid made it freak out, but it decides to elongate its neck. Why don't you describe what a chud looks like a little bit, Dave? That's a weird way to say it got an erection. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. I guess we'll describe the chud. The chud is a green creature with yellow eyes that are kind of like weirdly placed on his forehead. And And they glow. They glow. tiny, glowing yellow, and they have a small little mouth with like very sharp teeth. The monsters were, were... not lackluster. Uh, they, they were not threatening, is what I'm hearing. Would they be more humanoid? Are they standing on? Yeah, they are fully humanoid. Okay, just kind of green with claws and glowing eyes. Did anyway, they come out like a man in a rubber suit. No, it looked like a man in a very well, plastic well, not cutting suit. off the head. <laughs> like his everything around his face was like in one spot. It was not moving. His mouth kind of moved. That was it. Anyways, the acid. I think I don't know. I guess the acid did this. He starts to elongate his neck, and he comes like a giraffe, and she just takes one clean swipe and cuts the, the head off. And then that shot is dead, apparently. And then she leaves her apartment, takes the cop car, and she just starts driving down the road in the cop car. End scene. And why did you not like this? Why did I not like this? Because this is... 
There's nothing going on. My biggest gripe in this film is how the monsters take people very slowly. It ruins, like, the scariness. Like, I don't know. Are you looking for more of a jump scare where it's just, like, one... Not even a jump scare. Just, like, ooh, shit. Like, stuff, like, I don't know. Like, just even the thought of that could be scary. But this is just... It's so fake and so slow. That's the key word of the film is slow and boring. It's just such a boring way it takes someone. Mm-hmm. And then the cops are just gone. The cops don't put up a fight. They're just like, tap on the shoulders, gone. Done. Sweep it on the rug, forget about it, move on. And so then, like, how I... she has no reaction to the blood, really? Like, how long did it take for this to get from start to finish from what you've described? Was that five minutes of film or three hours? It took him know. longer to describe what just happened <laughs> than they actually filmed. No, I think it was about a 10 minute scene. Uh, one thing I want to point out is actually you referred to the chud as he. Does... Did you just assume it's gender? Yeah, I, I'm confused. So if I need a bit more description of what these monsters are. So you're, I'm imagining just a man that's painted green with eyes on top of its forehead and a little little mouth and their necks can stretch. Fucking nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Do, okay, so okay, at this I, point... I, Okay, at this, point, at this point, I didn't know why the next stretch. It was, it seems so weird and random. Okay, because you don't see that anywhere else. Yeah. So at this point, I'm assuming there's always one character that knows about these monsters or knows about like a conspiracy that's going on. Do we have any type of reference, like one character that says, "Oh yeah, it's these underground dwellers, and you know they only come at night, and they have fins for hands, and they'll attack you by sneaking up behind you or anything like that." Did you, did you get any explanation no. of what these monsters are by this point of the movie? Well, we do yes. from the from the government official when he gets that phone call. He's like, "We got one." And then they go down and they see a child on the table. Okay, but is there any explanation from, like, a scientist in that scene to describe what a chud is and why we should be terrified of it? Yes, cra- crazy homeless people. They knew what it was. <laughs> there are monsters and the mashed potatoes! <laughs> okay. This whole scene was just... It, oh, it just doesn't... Bit. Like it, they try to be. It's supposed to be a horror movie. I, I want to be scared somewhere in this movie, or even something. Or it, it was like a B-rated horror film, and it wasn't even like a good cheesy. It was a bad cheese, stale, rotten, moldy, boring. Sounds a lot like Leviathan. Boring. No, so this is a million times better than Leviathan. All right, uh, man. This movie was on par with Leviathan. No. <laughs> The sets in Leviathan were better than the sets here. The sets of New York streets. Okay, that's another thing. The sets of the street. Dylan, have you ever seen a street completely empty of everything? Yeah, right now. (laughs) This is a poor choice, (laughs) Dave. Sorry, just like... Dylan also lived in New York. There's no cars. (laughs) There's no garbage. There's no people. There's one phone booth. Well, no garbage. That's pretty hard to do in New York, actually. There's nothing. It's yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, I ran. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so we're gonna move ahead with Dylan. If you'd like to form a rebuttal, and then we will, as the jury and myself, ask questions about Dave's case. So please go ahead with your rebuttal. Question for the court: Are we gonna have another scene? Because I'd like to tell you what happens in the end. Yeah, we gotta talk about that. Uh, the final scene with the the van. So do you want me yeah, to rebut his description, which is pretty accurate for what happens, or should I just give? kind of like a counter scene um, to get us to well, the end of the, the movie. I, I, I would like a, a formal rebuttal of why... Why does this scene make this movie good? Okay, well, okay, I'll do a formal... Just, re- just that, I will like... do a formal rebuttal so long as I can introduce a fourth scene. Sure, why not? <laughs> and I don't like your tone. <laughs> we, we have to talk about the van scene. We have to. That, let's, that's... Just keep, let's keep this going. Dylan, please... Formal rebuttal. Okay. He alongs his neck, much like the goblin shark, alongs his jaw to to bite farther. You don't hear people complaining about the alien stupid extendo jaw, much like the goblin shark. And yet, here we are, complaining about extendo necks. Also, it made it easier to cut off its head. 
bigger, bigger. Weird. Game. They they had to do that. Make it easier for. <laughs> so your explanation is that we do not know enough about this creature, and there are other cases in nature that emphasize this behavior. So. Hey man, fact is stranger than fiction. Okay. okay. Uh, Jury, do you have any questions? Uh, we can start with Tom this time. Uh, Dylan, is the goblin shark your favorite animal? <laughs> <laughs> The goblin shark can Please eat four answer. times his body weight in one day. The, go- the goblin shark is the most noble of sharks. It mates for life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sold. I'm ready to call it right now. We could skip to uh, the deliberation phase if we're ready. But I do uh, have no. uh, one more question. So all of these things happened. And, and she gets into uh, the cop car and drives away, committing, you know, major crimes in the process, right? Um, actually, fuck it. I don't care. Let's not ask that question. Scott. <laughs> Why were there cops in her house to begin with? She called them when she found that dog. Okay, so then she was okay with them hanging so, out downstairs while she took her blood shower. They weren't there yet. They were on their way. But that answers your question of why she wasn't reacting. Maybe she was waiting for the cops and that's why she wasn't anxious before after the blood shower well no that does not answer the blood shower but you said she finished up the shower treated it like it was nothing and yeah, then she like wiped the blob just... and was like meh all right, all right. from your description there. it sounded like the cops were hanging out downstairs while she had the blood shower oh sorry no they were just getting there when she got out basically. all right so does she let them into the house or does the chud get them outside the house uh it's an apartment building so the chud gets both cops in the entryway okay see this this answers so many of my questions because i was like these cops are downstairs in her house a chud takes them but not to the underground to eat them and immediately goes upstairs to be killed by a woman unarmed yeah and that's honestly a, that's I, I don't yeah. i don't even know if it's the same chud okay it could be multiple I, I was just going to ask that yeah that was my follow-up question do we is this a case where we actually have multiple monsters but we're unaware of it and the movie is leading you on. Oh, no. oh yeah, there's like fucking four. The best part chuds. is when you first see a chud is when Marv stumbles upon their like religious praise the radiation gathering. <laughs> Who? Okay, Who? hold on. All the chuds. <laughs> just hold the fucking the chuds are religious. I okay. You need to describe this. You okay, just... so here's the thing that I feel like we probably should have mentioned. Chuds used to be people. If you get bit by a chud, you turn into a chud. Jesus. <laughs> What? <laughs> Why didn't you guys describe? We don't that? actually. It's you're in the name, cannibal. You're not a cannibal if you're a monster and you eat a human. You're but only that's a not cannibal if you're a human. We've been given that's so many names name. for this monster now. Yeah, there used if to you be get human. Bit by a cannibal, you don't turn into a cannibal. It's the radiation that makes them. Oh what radiation? How do you, so, okay, how do you know that? How do, like, please describe how you know that about Adam, this monster. Adam, describe the scenes we want to see. I don't want to explain the whole movie to you. Yeah, but the parts you're leaving yeah. out are making me want to see this. God, you're so needy. <laughs> so needy, Adam. I am the Judd. The Judd? I am the judge for this. Yeah, I am. You were the yeah, Judd judge? That's going to stick. That's yeah, going to be I'm around the... for a while. Chud judge. I am the Chud judge for this episode. I would like you to provide some more detail to just really emphasize your points of why we shouldn't or should watch this movie. So you're describing that these monsters were created by radiation, but in fact, there were also humans at one point. So there's got to be like a, a patient zero then. Is any of that? No, nothing. Nothing's explained. They don't tell you how. Whose blood was it? That came we out don't the... know. Could it have been rusty New York water? The HIV. I mean, it's the 80s, so. Okay. Basically, I wanted uh, to show these two scenes because they're just, they're so wacky. This film is a wacky film. It, it sounds like you left out all the wacky bits about people <laughs> mutating and radiation. You don't see it. They don't, like, they don't you're, show you're it. You just got to fill in the blanks. You're briefly, <laughs> you're briefly told, kind of, and you're just like, okay, I think that's how it goes. <laughs> sounds so fucking bad. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> Okay, so um, I believe we're on Dylan for a new statement or case. Yes, I'm going to wrap up this whole thing. I'm going to wrap it up. Okay. So this is your closing statement? Are we going to closing statements? Would you prefer that? No, it's not a closing statement. It's a scene, and he's left me literally halfway through the fucking movie. We're we're still halfway through the movie at this point. No, we're not. The whole scene with her in the apartment's at least three quarters. The whole scene at the end is 20 minutes long, Dylan. 20 minutes. All right. Well, it is. 
Okay. The whole wrap up. The Felt whole like thing. half the movie. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Ten years before Tarantino, <laughs> we have Cheek. So Cheek has these multiple storylines going. We got Peter McAllister. We have Marv. We have Officer Bosch. All the storylines converge at a certain point. And that scene is when John Goodman, in his film debut, is brutally murdered by a chud. Yes, that's right. Danny Connor is murdered by a chud. And it is the greatest scene. I cannot believe I had to wait to this point to introduce John Goodman. Anyway, John Goodman, cop. He was born to be a Chicago, New York cop, by the way. I can't believe he only played one once. but So he's sitting in a diner with his partner. They are just like hanging out. And all of a sudden, a chud appears. And they're like, ah, shit, a chud. <laughs> and chud murders them all. Okay. Feel it. How long was that scene with John Goodman? Five minutes, but it was... God, that was a good five It was minutes. like 60 seconds, if that. Yeah, like that. John Goodman in this movie for literally 45 seconds, if that. That's generous. Yeah, but it made an impression. Um, so that happened. I just wanted to mention it. It's not really relevant. Um, <laughs> but, but, okay. So then we, we have to get everyone underground. So. Marv goes underground because why the fuck does Marv go underground again? Dave, I can't. Why do any of them go underground? <laughs> he That's his buddy is down there is knocked out, I think. And the the security guard that like ate the quarters, like you should go help him or something. Or your buddy's down there. I can't remember. I I can't remember. Marv goes underground. <laughs> Peter McAllister goes underground. <laughs> They're both underground. And Scrooge, the government official, is like, oh fuck. There are so many chuds down there. We've got to pump a bunch of gas into the place. So they get, so Marv and Peter McAllister are sealed underground. <laughs> and the Scrooge, he's ready to pump gas in and kill everybody. And so they're running around. And this is where we see this scene where the chuds are all worshipping the radiation. No. No? We see that, like, at the middle of the movie. Okay. <laughs> Well, then we see a scene where the chuds are all just kind of like hanging out in this room, and there's like thirty oh. chuds, just like all just like standing there looking at each other. And Marvin, Peter, McAllister are like, "Oh shit, that's a lot of chuds. Let's get out of here." And then, and then above ground, there's an epic battle going on with Scrooge, the government official, and uh, Officer, um, uh, what's the officer's name? Bosch. Bosch. Captain Bosch. Yeah, Captain Bosch. So now we really get to see the evil of the captain, so or the the government official. So the government official straight up like reveals that in fact these are not cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. That Chud actually stands for the government agency that the Scrooge McDuck, the evil government official, works for, and it's contamination hazard urban disposal. They had been transporting nuclear waste through New York City when a law passed banning the transport of this hazardous material, so they had to store it somewhere. It didn't pass. In transit. It was in the court system. Whatever. It was stuck in the court system. They couldn't move it. So they put it in the sewers. They created now the Chuds, which is like a fake name for these things even though it's like perfectly descriptive of what they are. So th that's revealed. And then the cop is like, so you basically killed my wife. Also, there's this very graphic scene where you see his wife's like decapitated head. So that's kind of fucked up, but that happens. So the cop is like angry. He's ready to kill the, um, the government official. The government official shoots the cop. So now he's like committed like full on felony. So he's no longer just kind of bad, like super bad. Meanwhile, Marv and, and Peter McAllister are running around down in the subterranean area trying to get rid of, escape the chuds, kill the chuds. They get out just in time as they blow up and kill all the chuds. They get out and then they almost get run over by the government official. But uh, Captain, uh, Captain Bosch gets up and shoots the government official, killing him. And everything is solved. And that's the end of the movie. 
until 10 years later when they start out back again and we meet the McAllister family in Chicago. <laughs> hey, pause. They use vans to block the manholes and the captain moves the van led right. AJ and George out of the sewer. Right. And then the the government official jumps back in the van and is like, I gotta run these people over. Right. So he, he tries to run them over. And AJ, not the cop, shoots the government official. Oh, sorry. Square in the chest when he's driving. Leading to a life of so. crime and a career with the Sticky Bandits. That, yeah, that's actually a good lead yeah, up. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> shooting the guy in the van, the van tips one tire into the manhole, and that somehow causes the explosion. Like, it's a gigantic explosion in the van. Well, if they're pumping it with gas and the full sewer system. Adam, is... think about that, though. A full sewer system. How can you build the gas up that much in a full sewer system? Not all gas like, is explosive. They, they didn't go down like there and block off out. entrances. Yes, they did. They literally blocked off the entrance where Harry went down, or Marv went down. The manhole? But what about all the sewers? What about all the sewer connections everywhere in the underground, Dylan? There can't be that many they, in they New pump York gas, City. They pump gas for literally like five minutes, and it's like, oh yeah, that's probably good. Yeah. I mean, the sewer system in New York the whole, wasn't like, developed in the 80s. Not really. Well, this underground system is huge. Anyways, this, the tire followed into the manhole causes a giant explosion. Are we assuming that they all died from that little fireball? I mean, I'm sure they left one or two for a sequel. Maybe. Anyways. We will, talk, we, we will not talk about the sequel. <laughs> That's for next uh, week. And anyways, <laughs> the <laughs> Captain Bosch was also shot, as Dylan mentioned, and he's laying there. He looks over at AJ and goes, nice shot. And then AJ walks over, and they get a close-up of Captain Bosch, and he says, nice shot. Again. And then the again. second one was for the cameraman for the close up. Why say it twice like that? I don't know. It was weird. It was like, oh. Nice shot. Yeah, nice shot. And this upsets you. Um okay. <laughs> if, you, if you see it, you're just like, what the what what is going on through their heads when they're writing this film? They're like, Yeah. Say nice shot twice. Pretty sweet. <gasps> well, we've had a bunch of movies that give a one liner at the very end. Uh, right at the most tense moment of uh, the action scene, so I was expecting something from Chud. Uh, so far, our one-liner count has been pretty awful, though. Uh, fuck you and die and say hi, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> pretty weak. And then we had a poem for the 13th Warrior. <laughs> so, like a full-on poem. Okay. <laughs> well, that's not a one-liner. That's multiple Jump lines. back into that. That movie is amazing. And for the record, it's... Oh, dude! I know. <laughs> Trust me, I won that argument. That would be so good. <laughs> yeah, you'll. Yeah, please refer to our previous episode, Scott. Uh, we'll see if you think it is amazing or not. <laughs> okay, I am actually not too sure who should be going next. Would you like closing to do statements, closing statements? Okay, thank you for interrupting me, Dave. We will be moving to closing statements unless the jury has any questions based on Dylan's description of that last scene and Dave's anger towards nice shot uh i'll i'll save my stuff for my final thoughts uh okay, there's a enough. lot of things that happen in that last scene that like totally would have fucking sold me on the movie if you led with those but you didn't <laughs> i'm gonna assume the same for scott so we shall move to closing statements dave i'll let you take this away for your closing statement of why people should not watch chud this is less than a b rated horror movie like it it is a choppy, not direct storyline all over the place. Horrible, very unimaginative monster. No, no, you, no one's going to be scared from this. You're going to be bored. That's the bottom line of this film. You're going to watch it, you're going to be bored, and you're only going to be amazed by the scene where they have a stare down with a quarter. Everything else is just boring. Character's boring. Monster is Boring looks cheap. Boring is the word. All right. Thank you. Dylan, would you like to present your closing statement? This movie explains why Buzz McAllister is such a fucking asshole in Home Alone. 
why would he tell his little brother who's like, hey, did you order me a plain cheese? And he's like, yeah, we did. But if you want any, somebody's going to have to barf it all up because it's gone. It's because he's a bastard child born in the midst of a full-blown chud attack in New York City. Watching this movie explains everything about the Home Alone universe. Guess what? There's like five Home Alones. It's pretty important to understand the backstory. It'd be like watching like the Star Wars movies without watching the prequels. What's the point? You don't even get the backstory in the in the original ones. Um, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> I that's gonna sell it for them. I just made it worse. Oh boy. <laughs> Are you sure you want to have that as your closing statement? Keep it. Your Honor, I rest my case. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you for that. We are going to go over to the jury members and myself, and we are going to determine a verdict for Chud and determine if we should or should not watch this movie, if anybody should watch this movie. So let's start with uh, Scott. Can you please give us your verdict of if you will be watching this movie or not? Do you have questions for us or no? Uh, no, we're just going to go right into the verdict, you guys. <laughs> uh, before, we, before we go into the verdict, now that we actually have uh, an odd number of uh, people here, do we want to do this like an actual court where we have to come to consensus before we can leave? Or do oh we my God, yes. individual? Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, let's let's come to consensus because this would actually be a lot funnier trying to convince ourselves based on your guys's arguments that you structured. So, so, so are are we saying whether we'll watch the movie or whether someone should watch the movie? You, you, you will watch. And if you wa- no. if you say you're gonna watch the movie, you have to come back next week and tell us what you thought about the movie. I mean, yeah, think about that one. Kind of want to say that there's just so I can come back and hang out next week. We're going to move the court over to its verdict this week. Since we have a special juror member and an odd number, we're actually going to do a collective vote. So we, as the jury and the judge myself, we are going to try and convince each other if we should or should not watch this movie based on our decision. So, Scott, would you watch this movie? While I believe a film whose central plot point centered around the disorder Pika would be interesting, um, I enjoy the mystery that Home Alone has as an independent film and believe that it deserves more suspense than this film, I will not be watching this movie. All right, thank you. Um, Tom, will you be watching this movie? If, if they had led with, like, secret government foul-up, left radioactive material in the subway, and it turned people into fucking mutants, I'd be tempted to watch that film. But if the only positive thing you can say about it is you gotta watch another movie to really appreciate this one, I don't think it's a good movie. And I had that exact same opinion of Fist of Legend, and I have that exact same opinion here with Chud. What a piece of shit I will not be watching. All right, thank you for that. I'm actually in agreement uh, with the jury today. I will not be watching this movie as well. All right, so this concludes our episode of Grindhouse Courthouse. I am your Chud judge for this episode. Thank you for listening. Grindhouse out. And with that... The court is adjourned. Come back next time for a new trial with new litigants in the never-ending parade of schlock that is Grindhouse Courthouse. Motherfuckers.